0: Hi there, and welcome to the ATS podcast with me, Will Brown, and John Soulsby, where we break down chunks of health and fitness information into bite-sized pieces, remove a bunch of the noise, and just leave what's relevant. Um, On today's episode, episode 51, uh, we are going to be covering the benefits of strength training for overall health and well-being. Uh, I have a feeling this episode is going to be more bite-sized than maybe the source material, but not as bite-sized as some of our regular podcasts.
1: uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um I think that the bite-sized thing of this, I would say is everyone's always looking for that like magic pill or thing to do to stop
0: aging. <laughs> and, and yet, st- and here we are. <laughs> yeah,
1: and strength training is it. And that's it. You could stop there.
0: Yeah. But we'll I might go even, into I might some even more rename detail. the podcast. I might not put it as our <laughs> usual title. I'll just be like yeah. <laughs> the, the one weird trick that will improve your will improve your health yeah. and life. <laughs>
1: um yeah, that's the, like, real basics of it, and we're going to kind of discuss a little bit about why.
0: Cool. Um, so we both have a bunch of points to discuss about strength training, improving uh, your overall health and well-being. Do we want to just go alternate points until we kind of cover them all? Run out. Yeah, that probably sounds pretty good. Cool. You want to kick us off?
1: Uh, Yeah. So I suppose the first one that's, like, maybe – it makes sense once you start doing it, but, like, most people probably wouldn't think about is – um bone density or essentially like um how bone mineral um like how many bone minerals are in your bone as well and that's like one of the leading causes of um aging in general or um, sarcopenia and things like that as you get older and weight training has been shown to massively not just like reduce that um but also to kind of like completely reverse that and you can actually increase both of those things with weight training um so lifting weights uh to like 80 to 90 percent of your max essentially reasonably regularly has been shown to increase bone mineral density in like your spine your lumbar spine your pelvis your hip joints um your femurs um and it means that if you do fall or just general life as you get older, then you're much less likely to break. Something,
0: which so just to cover, because some people might not know, why is uh, we start? It just kind of started to get there, but like, why is bone mineral density something people should like give a shit about?
1: Yeah, so I suppose like um, the lower your bone mineral density, essentially, the more fragile your bones are. It's like a real yeah. layman's like thing. They start to
0: get uh... like meringue.
1: Yeah, and that is something that when you go when you're young, you've got plenty. Um and then as you get older your bones essentially like slowly eat themselves as it were. As like a again, this is real lame in terms of describing kind of what happens. Um so there becomes less and less bone density in your um bones and less mineral content in them as well. So they are much, much weaker, which is why um older people have such an issue with it, and actually weirdly one of the leading causes or leading things that results in death in like geriatric patients like really old like 80 90 plus is actually um someone breaking their hip because it leads to like immobility effectively mm-hmm and means you don't move, and you are at much greater risk of infection, and a bunch of other stuff that ends up killing you, but it all starts with... Yeah, it accelerates
0: some other stuff, yeah. In.
1: Um. So if you can weight train, and make that less likely to happen.
0: Good. Yeah, um, I think my point would, I kind of tried to set it up to kick off, uh, to kind of follow on, was the, the decreased risk of falls, which is yeah. the, the, one of the... Uh, other really good benefits for people as they as they age again if depending on the average age of our listeners i don't have that kind of data but um if, if like you have relatives who are kind of getting 60 70 years old again if you watch if you watch how sure on their feet they seem and how like again confident another another uh, classic one of like looking at people's mobility or um Like, independence of movement is watching people get up out of chairs or, out like, off the floor. Like, if they ever sit on the floor to play with a dog or play with your kids or, like, grandkids or whatever. If you watch people get up, like, you'd be surprised at how people, even in their 50s and stuff, will struggle to easily get up from a sitting position on the floor, which is kind of concerning. Um, And strength training, obviously keeps you like when you're used to actually lifting additional load getting yourself off the floor is incredibly easy like your your ability to move your own body around is so much less effort because you are trained up to a much higher level of fitness um and wow. your coordination and likelihood of actually falling in the first place as you get older decreases because you're used to using your muscles and moving around in a way where you stay strong and balanced like that would, uh. I think in one of the ones, uh. One of the things I dug up, they did a review of, uh. 23,500 res adult adults over the age of 60. And there was a 34% reduction in falls among those who yeah. participate in a well rounded exercise program. Which isn't mad. Yeah. And if you uh, reduce those falls, if you don't fall, you ain't gonna break your hip if you don't fall. And so, like, yeah. all that other kind of, um. What would be the word? Like, the domino effect of things that can happen after that is. Not as bad because you aren't gonna run into them because you're not gonna fall. Mm -hmm. What was your next Um, one?
1: So next one was, um, mainly just it kind of ties onto this and it's like another domino effect, but like one of the tying into loss of muscle mass, um, probably far more prevalent in, um. Women, or it's more significant in women than it is men, so most inactive adults lose three to eight percent of muscle per decade mm-hmm. um with men, that's like kind of fairly gradual once you hit I think it's like twenty eight to thirty two after that, like this is inactive, like you'll just slowly lose muscle mass until you die. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with women, we obviously have the menopause, which is effectively if you if you were to look at a graph men's um muscle loss is a fairly consistent three to eight percent the entire time yeah um women's would be like three to eight percent for most of it apart from post-menopause where it's an absolute car crash essentially and it all just like goes away in the space of a year or two um whereas adding in resistance training very much like bone mineral density not only um Stops this decrease, but you can actually completely reverse that and um there's thousands of studies now with thousands of our p- participants showing that um even just after ten to twelve weeks of weight training, you gain lean muscle mass um so if you like compound that over months and years uh, rather than losing three to eight percent in a decade, you're quite likely to gain a very large portion um, which then knocks on to kind of as you were saying, well, of like you're less likely to fall, you're more, you're better at using, um, your body overall, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: Um, False. yeah, I think the the next one I was going to bring up is, I've kind of I've kind of gone for the sneakier, the sneakier kind of maybe like less talked about ones, or just to start with, to try and see if mm-hmm. um, uh, we could get some hooks in people just with the the kind of niche improvements, especially because I think if people uh, I, I think a big kind of trigger for getting people to start this stuff if they don't do it is having something relatable. Like they have, they know someone who's like had a fall or they yeah. have their own personal struggles with stuff. Um, One that I really like and tout quite a lot is that it definitely, it really helps you manage your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, is. Uh, can I break this down? Like, your your muscles working will l- use, like, glycogen, carbohydrate-based fuel source. Um, If you have a regular activity plan that expends and uses a lot of glycogen, the likelihood that you're just going to have incredibly spiky blood sugars when you're sedentary, or, well, you're going to have incredibly spiky blood sugars depending on how you manage your diet, but... If you are someone who is getting towards being pre, is it pre-risk? Where they have like, yeah, like you're on the you're on the kind of highway towards type two diabetes. Uh, you should probably do something about that. One way that very much helps you manage it is exercise, but also specifically weight training because muscles have a local store of glycogen that yeah. needs replanning. So it's a very good way to get them used. It helps you improve your insulin sensitivity over time. The thing I had pulled up uh, was with regards to uh, a study following thirty-five point seven thousand women for an average of 10 years and showed a 30% reduced risk of developing type 2 diabetes among people who engaged in strength training compared to those who were just sedentary and did nothing. Which is pretty significant. Again, type 2 diabetes is a big problem. A lot of people get hospitalized um, with diabetes related complications it becomes then like an actual full health like an actual disease that you have to manage like it's not good um yeah. ironically if you are type 1 diabetic apologies but actually lifting weights is harder for you because <laughs> it makes your insulin go well it, makes your, <laughs> it yep. makes your blood sugars go mental so you actually have to be like really on top of managing your insulin <laughs> saws. Um yeah. but yeah getting that kind of stuff and again like anything that prevents like, we were, we talk, we've we talked about sarcopenia, like age-related muscle loss. I'm I'm really curious to see how the future kind of research into it goes, in that if they could ever really differentiate between if it is purely from a standpoint of the loss occurs because of sedentariness and can therefore be prevented with activity, or if the loss is in fact just age-related and there's just an accelerated component f- with sedentariness. Yeah. Sed- sedentariness, sedentariness, whatever.
1: Um, yeah, if it's like an actual aging disease, or if it's
0: just like as you get older, you do less and less. It, stuff. Yeah, like if like, the, the trend is just as people do get older, they do less, like they just don't do as much, and therefore lose muscle and
1: bones. It's like the classic um, kind of thing that people think their metabolism drastically changes once they hit like thirty. Let's see. Oh, everyone! loves oh, like, everyone! Oh, that, you can't eat. L- you can't eat that when you're thirty. It's like you fucking can. Just yeah, you just got to do can. as much exercise as you were when you were sixteen. Yeah, you I guarantee to, you're not.
0: You just have to be as fucking absolute Energizer Bunny active as you are when you're sixteen, <laughs> as well as being absolutely saturated with hormones. Like, yeah, so, yeah, mate. You can hundred percent. Like, <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, um, but yeah. The diabetes one—that was something that's like was fairly new to me, reasonably recently. Not like, um but like is I thought it was like a really really cool beneficial mm-hmm. side effect to weight training and it's like very niche um and apparently quite powerful so it's
0: is, it is like really cool um, Yeah again there is it is it is literally that one weird trick like the one weird trick yeah. is is lifting weights
1: Um there's another another super niche one is uh-huh, uh-huh. apparently um so there's um as you age your mi- mitochondrial content decreases um, and Power so, like that, cell. also, yeah, and that also affects the like oxidative capacity of your muscle tissue, and essentially right. weight training, um, for ten weeks in this study again. Oh no, six months. Um, nice, it's even better. You get uh, yeah an increased um, gene expression. You the reversal of mitochondrial like deterioration, which is pretty cool.
0: That's pretty wild.
1: Um that it's like you know good for the powerhouse of the cell.
0: Yeah. So why is mitochondrial oxidative expression important? I actually don't know.
1: <laughs> so I literally just found this one as you were reading. Um, oh, the measure of um the muscle's maximum capacity to use oxygen in millimeters consumed per gram of muscle per hour. So your body, your muscles need oxygen to mm. li- live and do exercise. So that's maybe one reason... Why, as you get older, you do less, because your cells are literally worse at, at converting oxygen. It.
0: Yeah. Whereas okay, if you do you... so would this be, this could be like the root, like the underpinning kind of um, biological root for like what we quote on having more energy. Like it's, like, it's really hard yeah. to get people to believe that when you exercise, like they're already tired in life, like they are day-to-day yeah. tired individuals. And you're like, Do you know what would make you not tired? And they're like, oh, anything. And they're, you're yeah. just like, doing more stuff. And he'll be like, that doesn't sound like a good cell. No thank you. Um, but if it is via improving mitochondrial oxidation capacity...
1: And, yeah, be apparently the actual density of mitochondria
0: in your cells reduces as well. Oh, shit, as you get older. Yeah.
1: And, and I'd be I'm so
0: keen to see if people can parse out whether this is because of age or because of inactivity and age type thing yeah
1: so yeah exercise increases skeletal muscle mitochondrial volume
0: density yeah
1: um, which um, powerhouse the cell
2: um yeah pretty cool let me just open this next one that i've got We're in this study.
0: Cool. So, another one that is on the sneakier end of things that is probably not niche. Again, we're staying away from, like, or we're, I'm at least staying away for now from the very obvious low-hanging fruit of, like, you get stronger. Like, you can yeah. move your own furniture. Like, if you like gardening, you could move your own plant pots. Like, shit like that um improves brain health um uh improvements in stuff like processing speed memory, and executive function after participating in strength training compared to people who didn't um there's a bunch of this one I'm looking at right now the mean age was like seventy three point nine years old with a deviation of four years um sixty nine nice uh percent were <laughs> female <laughs> participants. And they did um, two different four-month-long interventions, uh, including high-speed resistance exercises in a training group of about 22, and some balance and band stretching type stuff. Um, I believe this was actually in adults that had cognitive frailty already. So they Mm -hmm. had some kind of marked reduction in cognitive function. I think it was diagnosed, yeah, they had it as uh, mild cognitive impairment Uh, physical frailty and cognitive frailty and the study conclusion that the group that participated or both groups when they did a swap over trial where they do like one does one one does the other they have a washout of doing nothing and then they do both again but swapped Uh, both groups showed greater improvement in the intervention with high speed resistance exercise training uh, in cognitive function uh, and physical performance so like i imagine they did uh, where's the methods i think they did like a uh, they did a grip strength and a knee extension extension strength at, at baseline at eight weeks and 16 weeks and uh yeah they did like a gate speed test which is like a fucking you see how they walk for old yeah. people and the infirm and stuff but they also did stuff like um memory processing speed cognitive flexibility working memory executive function where the cognitive things scored as well so Fucking a whole heap of folk got way better at the in that study just from lifting weights. get I think if I if I'm uh, I don't really know the biology of it super well, but it has something to do with the like the repeated efforts of you like brain telling muscles to do things and muscles having to do things at varying levels of intensity or function.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is yeah. good for maintaining brain connection and brain processing speed so brain is just overall healthier because it getting worked out by making muscle do things if we want to go absolute chimpanzee level explanation because that's all I can manage yeah Um, kind of leading on
1: from that as well then from like cognitive stuff Um, there's a lot of scientific literature looking into depression and training as well general training overall but obviously some specifically into weight Mm -hmm. training um and so far it seems a little bit of a mixed bag like which isn't overly surprising because of as you can imagine depression is such a multifactorial um disease that like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just as simple as like oh just lift some weights bro, you'll feel better but um, (laughs) maybe the
0: heaviest things we lift are our feels yeah
1: um but however it does seem It is powerful enough so far to say that it is something for everyone or for people to look into as a way of not treating clinical depression, um, but with helping with symptoms. So there was was a few studies that looked at um, giving people a 10-week training program. um, And these were like both um, old, old. Um, adult and, like, young people with clinical depression, so not just, like, depression-like symptoms, but actual clinically-defined um, depression. Um, and about 60% of them showed, like, benefits in their symptoms, and then the other 40% not. Which is pretty cool.
0: Nice. Um, That's pretty dope. Um, I'll piggyback that one and chuck anxiety in there as well. Um, yeah. There's a whole heap of research on the benefits of resistance exercise training, uh, with regards to managing symptoms of anxiety. Uh, the one I've currently pulled up was, um, where are we at? Uh, it's a meta from 33 RCOs, like random, the random clinical or random control Mm -hmm. whatevers, uh, with. 1800 participants 1877 uh, and yeah had a where is it had a significant uh, effect on reducing symptoms in um, blah, blah, blah blah 77% of people uh, involved in the involved in the studies um both people who are healthy and people who have physical or mental illness In this particular one uh, results or improvements were not moderated by sex or based on uh, features of rte so we need to i think this uh the conclusion of this one stipulates that we should probably do some future research in comparing resistance exercise to like other anxiety related therapies and see like which would be better which could be cool because it means that like lifting tin could actually get like a formal recommendation as a treatment or an intervention for people with Anxiety and depression, which would be kind of sick. Yep. Uh, yeah. This other one, nine hundred twenty-two people with a mean age of forty-three plus or minus twenty-one years, mostly like two-thirds female, one-third male. Um. Uh, nice injured, uh, baseline. Uh, post-intervention. Pio down. RET significantly reduced anxiety symptoms. By I think they used an algorithm to work out a, a scoring system, but it occurred in 95% of participants. Heterogeneity was not indicated. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So overall, pretty dope.
1: Yeah. Um, I suppose on the back of that one as well is also self-esteem. Yeah. Is kind of part of anxiety, exactly like very similar. Um, kind of cause and effect with that um probably links into depression as well um i don't not seem to be like an actual um like expert in depression but there is lots of kind of lots of
0: kind of cross um yeah i don't really i don't don't quite know how the cross-pollination between the two works but yeah
1: um essentially if you suffer from
0: anything of that ilk then um
1: Not just anecdotally, but the science backs up that weight training can be a very big help. Um, You see a lot of people online when people are talking about anxiety, self-esteem issues, depression, like, just go go to the gym. You're like, oh, very good. Usually coming from people that have a very unhealthy obsession with going to the gym. Um, However, it can very much help um, when you do it in a structured manner. So it is worth giving a bash.
2: Um I think that's most of the brain
1: gains on that one.
0: Yeah. Um well that we know for now. Um we could kinda of jump back to we probably should have tacked one on to the falls and uh, the falls and bone health. One is the fact that you, you will also have a lower instance or likelihood of um like soft tissue injury.
1: Yes, um, I was thinking that as well. So I
0: say, your dissertation, though, or was that? This course? is,
1: yeah, yeah, no, this is literally what I did my dissertation on. Really? I, admittedly, eight or nine years ago now, but um, to cut ten thousand words short, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, various reasons why. Just gen- you're just generally more resistant to injury. So um, one of them being, um, as you weight train, you're Muscles are made up of lots of little essentially cables that pull together, and that's how you do contractions. Those cables get thicker, and because they're thicker, they're harder to tear essentially. Mm-hmm. So because of that, they are more resistant to like your normal everyday like strains and pools and um, things like that. You also get something which I thought was really cool when i I literally found this out doing my dissertation. It's um something called cross bridging and everyone thinks like well not everyone that's probably gross a lot of people think that muscles you only have the fibers going like in the way that the muscles go so as a bicep example you'd only think that it goes up and down between shoulder and elbow but like what this cross bridging does is you then get muscle fibers going like perpendicular to the way a muscle would work mm-hmm. and then what that does is spreads the load of anything you're doing across the entire muscle, so you can recruit more muscle fibers. Funky, which is like, dope. That that is like, if if you thought that from like an engineering point of view, it probably took humans thousands of years to figure that one out. And your body is just like, this makes
0: sense. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah, so does it does it automatically just through just through stress right. essentially? Yeah. So,
1: so it means if you're like loading your bicep in like just on one side, your body will slowly like make like muscle connections to use the entire bicep by like spreading it over so you're gonna have less acute um loading of like one small part a muscle which is super cool um that's very fun so that's the that's the big bang um muscle fiber ones you also get mad increases in your tendon um strength not mad not the same as muscles but like their cross-section grows and you also have something that's really cool is where the tendon joins to the muscle, um, it essentially looks like a Christmas tree. So all the little like um, arms go into the muscle and then they all have other little arms like little pine needles that then go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you resistance train, that like, doubles. So it goes from looking like a dead Christmas tree with some needles left on it to like a very healthy full Christmas tree. The surface area is massively increased, so it becomes harder and harder for you to like rip tendons away from muscles.
0: Um
1: which is cool. um and there
0: are these things called the the myotendinous junctions.
1: They are indeed. Oh nice. With cool. <laughs> without <laughs> um so yeah, like and then that happens um at the where it attaches to the bone as well. Um so, so the
0: ligaments and stuff.
1: Yeah. So they're just like really cool ways that just reduce your chance of injury um so things are far far less likely to um, be injured yeah. um there was the the biggest study is was done in I think it was Sweden they took five thousand um amateur football players from like the Swedish amateur leagues right. and Essentially, the main one is they got a bunch of them that had been um, had, had a hamstring like tear before, mm-hmm. which is quite a common football injury, and then made a bunch of them do some resistance training, and a bunch of them just did nothing and went to the pub. Um, and there was a 50% reduction in hamstring re-injury between the trained versus untrained, which is like insane.
0: That is, especially like, given it's re-injury, ha. not like original injury, because yeah. it's like you're 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 already selecting for people who are at least prone enough to get injured that have already been injured before. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like one of the yeah. one, again one of the there is no real like, Mystic Meg way of predicting injury, but one of the most consistent nah. ways to predict injury is is previous injury, like, yeah. <laughs> unsurprisingly, if you've already ripped something or towards something or pulled something real bad, like, the likelihood it might happen again is higher than zero because it's already mm. happened. So, like, yeah. there needs to be something you look at to be like, hmm.
1: So that was really cool, and that was just with, like, Ted, again, you'll find most studies, if people that haven't looked at um resistance training studies before, um that's another point. When we say resistance training, that's just lifting weights. It's just science's fancy word of lifting weights. Um but resistance training studies they're usually 12 weeks or 10 weeks and they usually only have 10 to 14 people doing them because to try and get any more people than that to do something consistently for more than 10 weeks is impossible so like sometimes you'll see a study that has someone do something for 6 months and you're like how how have you done that how have you persuaded someone to train three times a week for 6 months um but yeah so you have to kind of draw these conclusions from like, "Okay, well, they did this for twelve weeks, and it resulted in this, so in theory, that should keep on going, and therefore, after a year, two years, five years, like the benefits are just like astronomically good, mm-hmm. if that make if I try to get the point there, so for a lot of this stuff, it's like you're having to make a lot of the time you'll only see benefits in like one to three percent um but that's. Doesn't sound like much, but that's based off of twelve weeks to six months. So if you compound that over like five years, ten
0: years of lifting weights. It's oh, like yeah. wild. Huge. The um, um another one will be that uh it increases your metabolism. It is actually one of the things that does it, not yep. like these fucking teas that these people these chicks with big butts sell on Instagram. What? I know, I know exactly. I've been drinking tea for years. My credit card, no. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I think it's about triple the. I think it's triple the amount. Um, I think one, uh, one pound because American American units, um, freedom units. Uh, one pound is burns about two calories per hour, and one pound yeah. of muscle burns about six. Yeah. So you end up burning
2: a whole heap. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like if over your lifetime you've added twenty kilos of muscle mass.
0: Oh yeah. which doesn't sound like
1: much but oh hell that will look like a lot
0: (laughs) yeah 20 kilos is an enormous amount Um... like
1: I think people get put off by like actually how much muscle mass even a kilo is like if you think about the last time you bought like a kilo of beef like my god (laughs)
0: Um, it's mad what did I just say it burns per hour Uh, 6 so on 22 kilos of muscle mass you were uh Like one hundred forty-four pounds, forty-four times so yeah, two hundred and sixty-four. Yeah, you're burning two hundred and sixty-four extra calories, just hanging out. Yeah, which is kind of wild, and that doesn't obviously take into account. That's assuming your your muscle has increased by that much. That's not taking into account muscle you have already got.
1: Yeah, um, and that's just your. We've mentioned, um. Basal metabolic rate as well. That's just like completely passive. You don't have to do anything for that. Yeah,
0: that that literally yeah. like if you if you sat in a room doing nothing all day, like if you were actual proper COVID lockdown for yeah. a whole day, if you are if you had twenty like twenty kilos of muscle extra and were sitting in a room doing fuck all, you would burn two hundred sixty four more calories than if you didn't have that muscle. Like yeah, that's number one. That's an entire that's an entire protein bar extra. It's like, yeah. uh, and if you again assume that over some people, most people will build a decent bit more than that if they resistance train for any length of time
2: mm-hmm.
0: they will probably end up burning a whole heap more at rest and so you know, therefore probably be happier because they'll be able to eat more food Yeah. and two, yeah they will just <laughs> have an easier time of things uh, another one of having more muscle you look leaner like, you look better with your clothes off if you are that way inclined, and are like, I would like to look like like different to what I currently do. Like, if you are like, I currently dislike that I look like a half-deflated waterbed, then doing some resistance training and getting a whole heap of muscle on will do that, certainly. And not in a like oh my god i'm gonna look like those guys on the magazines or like i'm gonna be huge it's not gonna happen yeah. don't worry about it like <laughs> there is there are a few instances from professional rugby C coaches that i have heard where they talk about players that actually put on too much muscle too quickly but aside from those genetic anomalies no one's <laughs> gonna be uh <laughs> if you if you were genetically predisposed to put on muscle that well you would already be muscular and you wouldn't be listening to this <laughs> yeah like those those are the freaky islander people or like i mean they could be from any culture but those are the specific in this case because it was a new zealand rugby team podcast where they were talking yeah. about some guy who literally they had to decrease his training in the off season because he would just come in too heavy. He'd just get too jacked. Yep. He'd be like, he can't play it. That too way. yoked. Yeah, he's like, he can't play it. Like, he can't play at 140. He's too heavy. He this, needs to play. He needs to play it like 120 or whatever. 125.
1: This is another tangent. I wonder what ha- would happen to powerlifting if it was like enough to be like professional, and like these oh. animals got into it. <laughs>
0: Mate, like the, the the people who are involved in the multi-million dollar sports are the real freaks. Like a few yeah. of them make might make it. You might get you get freaks in powerlifting anyway, but like. The real freaky people, yeah. Like Shaquille O'Neal, is it plays basketball? Could still probably, like, do the damage on the 120 plus oh, yeah. world records. Like oh. he would get way closer than anyone would bet. I think. 100%. Man is enormous. He's also probably the only person that's gonna have be lean in the 120 pluses, <laughs> and yeah. still be good, because he's yeah. like seven foot six or whatever the. Fu- he's just huge um the guy probably needs fat grips to actually make the bar sit right in his hands yeah definitely
1: um cool so before we get on a mad tangent yeah on a already quite long episode another one that i thought was kind of cool is um where was it um chronic pain so it's like quite uh oh yeah interesting one so um one-third of adults um, in community samples report lower back pain during the prior month. Mm-hmm. Pretty mad, one out of three. Um, and two, uh, two-thirds two will report an episode of lower back pain during the prior year. And this is um, from a massive review study, but the economic cost um, of lost time at work from common pain conditions for the US workforce was $61 billion every year. That's uh... a... <laughs> um... That's so yeah and then so this is and then from Think a UK all the guns point of view buy with that money. I know um so and then many from times. the um o- Office of National Statistics gov uk um reasons for illness in 2022 minor illness um I don't know if this is like 29 out of 100 um anyway essentially minor illness was number 1 and um, mm. other was number 2 <laughs> and um musculoskeletal problems, i.e. chronic pain and muscle issues was number three. Um others I like how you is, get other. Well other I think it's just like so here is accidents, poisonings, infectious diseases, skin disorders, diabetes, and the big one of coronavirus. So that's why it's number
0: three. Well, diabetes is covered by resistance training. Like we already covered that, so that yeah. could get you could make a then in um, number two and three on the statistics. Easy. Yeah.
1: Whereas um, Other, back in 2019, was um, third. So Musculoskeletal was second. It must, just it it second. must just
0: be the COVID.
1: It, it would, yeah, massive jumping. Although I'm surprised um, that
0: Days off Work during the pandemic was not, like, number one was not coronavirus. Like, you know, the current I know. pandemic.
1: Yeah, apparently 21. Oh, no, 21 Other was number one.
0: Okay, fine. I was gonna be so like, it's a bit, it's a bit wild to be a like, oh, like yeah, we have, we have a big global pandemic on the go, but also like people still just have um, low mood.
1: Oh yeah, so it's just purely percentage. So, um, uh, twenty nine percent were um, minor illnesses or colds and all that shit. Um, poisoning is an interesting one. Yeah, ten percent, um, to fifteen percent is musculoskeletal problems, Essentially,
0: I wonder if hangover um, has come under poisoning. Here, probably. Um,
1: Having just noticed this, this is just me looking at four bar charts and making a gross assumption, so this is not scientific at all. But in 2019, it was 16% for musculoskeletal problems, and now in 2022, it's
0: 10%. That's because people could go out and go to the gym again, mate.
1: Well, I was about to say, it's like based on what I'm about to say, do you think that's because more people are exercising after the pandemic?
0: Yeah, because everyone was stuck inside during the <laughs> pandemic, so getting out, getting out and about would be good we'll or do have, you mean between yeah. 2019 and 2023 or 22 22
1: yeah between 2019 so oh so pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic
0: and thingy yeah yeah that's yeah. good yeah maybe that then like
1: that's pure conjecture because essentially yeah, what I'm about to say adds is to our case so therefore is correct yeah. <laughs> yeah but as what I'm about to say is resistance training shows a marked reduction in chronic pain of low back pain um essentially, along with Fibromyalgia and osteoarthritis and other things, but yeah essentially chronic pain in general resistance training and exercise in general helps
0: so yeah um I think that's that's all my points i haven't't I haven't yeah apart apart from, from the
1: absolute mad obvious ones um uh and I say mad obvious might not be mad obvious to other people but um it helps to reduce body fat for a whole variety
0: of reasons. One yeah. being increasing metabolism. Um, um, the other being, if you are currently only fat and bones, adding muscle to that equation drives down the percentage of you that is body fat. So, mm-hmm. statistically.
1: Um, oh, yeah. the Where was it? The other one. Um, something that I have forgotten more than I know about it, um, but it just generally improving cardiovascular health. So, your resting blood pressure goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Improving your blood lipid profiles, so that's
0: essentially cholesterol. Um, um oh, mate, the big big cholesterol is a big myth now. Yeah.
1: Without um getting too into it with your high density lipoproteins proteins and all that and stuff. No, you, want, yeah, that you want
0: you want those guys.
1: Yeah. Anyways. So essentially yeah, we've mentioned before, but essentially you've got low density, which is like peanut butter clogging up your arteries, and then you've got high density, which is like Sandpaper that takes all away. You want yeah, the ones.
0: that's getting that's getting big big heaters and big powders right now. Like people people are not happy. Yeah, people are pretty upset <sighs> with the old uh, lipoprotein arterial plaque kind of myth that they're calling it now. So I'm curious to see what the justification right. around the like the function of arterial plaque and lipoprotein related cholesterol issues and stuff is. But that's a topic for right. another day.
1: As I was to say, to by people. Do we mean the scientific
0: community, or no? Nah, we mean not as on social media, right? Okay, good. Um, they might as well be one and the same in this day. Well, to me anyway. Well, yeah.
1: Um, and then also vascular conditions. So, like,
0: essentially, the health of your arteries. Um, and they they affect blood pressure
1: and tons of stuff. So, good nice. things in general. But yeah, that's all the the main main ones. Um, I'm sure there's tons of other small things. There'll be hundreds of things we've not even found out yet. Um, yep. But yeah, the one magic pill that will make you healthy forever. Weight lift drink.
0: some weights, yeah. Do some exercise, but also lift some weights. If you yeah. currently lift weights, minute, go send this podcast to someone who doesn't that you know, and be like, y'all should, y'all should lift get weights.
1: The, get in the gym, Normie.
0: Yeah. And we will catch you in the next one.